Hello and welcome to the Pursuing Progress podcast episode 53, where we have honest conversations to help us fall forward. And we continue in our series in the Purpose Driven Life on today 21 about protecting your church or kind of more broadly like protecting your community. And and so like when we start to, you know, whether it's, you know, starting businesses or or whatnot, you need to like one of the fundamental things of building a business or building a brand is, um, you know, creating a community. Um, it's, it's what I've learned kind of listening to all these kind of, um, you know, entrepreneurial and business gurus of how to kind of kill it on social media and things like that. You need to build this kind of community that, um, you know, has all these different values and people that, you know, are able to kind of buy into you know, the things that you believe and you can, you know, create conversations and discussions and you form this relationship with your, you know, with your consumers, with your, with your clients. And, um, and so, you know, when you start a gym, you know, you have all these people that turn up and, um, you know, believe in, you know, the training methods or or whatnot, whether it's, it's like a CrossFit gym or a powerlifting gym or, you know, bodybuilding gym, a boxing gym or whatnot. There are people that are drawn to that particular business or particular thing, um, because that's the way they want to train. That's the way they believe they, you know, can train most effectively, etc., etc. And and so it is with church. And you know, we all have, you know, the same beliefs, the same values. We you know get our values and beliefs from from the Bible. It's what kind of unites all the Christians and 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 whatnot. And and when you you know build those communities, you want them to to get along. But um, you know, knowing our track record as human beings. Um, you know, we're not, we're not fantastic, um, at it. And, and there will be, there will be times, uh, where, yeah, there'll be people who join the, um, you know, join your community and they don't particularly fit in or, you know, everything they do or every interaction that they have just kind of rubs against other people, you know, rub them the wrong way. Um, and it just causes conflicts in every way they, they turn. And so, you know, you don't want that to be the cause of, you know, the downfall of your particular community, because that would be such a tragic way for it to end. And so there's this importance of protecting your community in a way that's healthy. Um, Of course, you can, you know, um, those kind of short term immediate, you know, strategies of trying to get rid of them, um, you know, whether... You have to turn to like violence or something that's really um, unhealthy and kind of shines a bad reputation uh, on you. And so it's it's important to do it in a healthy way, in a mature way. Um, and so that, you know, we aren't, um, you know, causing more harm um, in, in that whole process. Um, yeah, because we want this oneness. And, you know, for people at church that need... Um, like God wants this kind of unity, this oneness among the people that go to the church, um, because we're made in, in his image and he is a God, you know, we've heard God son and Holy spirit. They're in this Holy Trinity, um, meaning that they're in perfect kind of unity and, and harmony living together. And we want to express that as we, you know, do life with one another, you know, as a church. Um, and so it's really important to maintain that unity. Um, and, and, you know, and there's something about having a community with that common belief that can unite 
people, um, despite all our differences, you know, whether it's culture or um, beliefs, experiences, where you come from, and all these different things that um, you can just kind of enjoy the differences when you sit under this kind of, um, you know, shared belief or shared values. And you're not just kind of tolerating people as they, as they come in. It's um, known people are, you know, you, you see as a brother or sister because they're part of that community, um, that good community that's been created. And, and so it, yeah, I think it's a probably going to be a big battle uh, for a lot of people. Uh, for managers, for bosses, for CEOs of, of how to keep, you know, how to keep people in line and not in line, but I think unified, you know, set in the same direction and they're not having all these kind of inward conflicts with one another because, you know, once there's a crack and once that kind of gets exposed and, and keeps deepening, you know, um, foundation will kind of crumble. And, and so I think in terms of thinking about it, like the book kind of talks about a few points about having like realistic expectations. Um, and cause I think, I think for the example of, of church, I think because, you know, week in week out, they preach from the Bible and it just goes for all these kind of ideals or the way that things have been set in terms of, you know, how the church should be run and the things we should believe and, and things like that. When it's kind of preached week in and week out and, you know, such an importance is put on, on teaching and things like that. And maybe you've been to the church for a long while. It, it might get to this point where you just have this heightened expectation of what this community should be. Because when there's this, you know, regular kind of reminder or, or teaching of, how we are to live together as Christians in, in this church and how to live, live peaceably. Um, knowing that there's this regular reminder, it maybe subconsciously you, you think that, you know, oh, everyone is on board with this. Like we should be the most amazing community ever. Uh, we should be perfect at it. Um, but I think one thing that the thing the book lays out is having realistic expectations. Um, and the whole thing about expectations is really interesting because it's, it's what leads to frustration for, for a lot of us. Um, so frustration is like occurs when we have unmet expectations. Um, you know, like a very trivial example is, you know, when you're expecting someone at say like two 30 and they turn up at three 30, you know, that leads to frustration because you wasted an hour of your time and, you know, you might, it will, yeah, I'm sure you kind of know that feeling. And so it's always, there's, there's a notion of, you know, giving grace and being compassionate, you know, allowing for, you know, human error and, and, you know, differences and, and things that may rub you the wrong way. Um, and this is like a classic kind of, cognitive behavioral therapy of like, you know, if someone is late, um, it doesn't automatically mean that they're, they're bastards or like the worst people in the world, but, you know, have that space to actually talk to them and see what's going on, whether they, you know, the, the clocks weren't working or, 
um, something urgent came up and like those are possible <laughs> possibilities that would have occurred to them. And so you're not just automatically judging and saying, oh, you're a terrible person for, you know, coming late all the time. Um, and, and so, yeah, so like to, to grab onto that thought of, you know, when you're longing for a particular ideal, um, uh, for, you know, how you want church to be or, or your community to be, um, while you're holding that ideal and, you know, which is up, up high and, you know, you're, you're putting yourself in this place where you point fingers and, and you criticize and, and try to get everyone else in line. It just doesn't make, um, <laughs> it just doesn't look good. Doesn't, um, put you in a good light and, and overall it's just immature, um, you know, to get on this high horse and, and, and point out other people's flaws. And, and there's like this kind of old adage that I don't know, my mom told me, but like, I'm sure it's <laughs> like really kind of ancient, but like, you know, when you point fingers, you know, you usually use your you know index finger or whatnot, but you know, when you kind of look at your hand, when you're pointing, like you have three fingers pointing back at you and, and, you know, it's, it's the fingers that you don't really see or really take notice of because you're so busy kind of focusing on where you're pointing. You know, there's, there's three uh, fingers, three times more fingers, <laughs> uh, three times as many fingers pointing back at you. And the fault is really with you most of the time. And I think once you've, you know, been around the world enough, um, once you experience a bit of life, you, you're going to realize that life sucks. People suck. <laughs> People are going to disappoint. Um, and, and yeah, like it's not gonna, we're not going to have this perfect community anywhere here on earth. Um, there are people with agendas, there's people with traumas and, and backgrounds that will, you know, make things, you know, not go the way you want hundred percent of the time. And that's just life. And, and you can't kind of, you know, throw a tantrum and, and cry, cry about it because that's, that's what a baby does. And so you can see where that immaturity comes in. And, um, you know, when you have this whole, um, you know, if you have a community full of babies and one starts crying, everyone else will, every other baby will start crying as well. So, so you need, you know, mature people in, in communities and, and hopefully that's where, you know, that your leaders come in and people who've been there a while come in. And, um, and so it's really important that I think to recognize that this will happen everywhere. Um, I think there's a thing with churches of, um, and I'm sure it's true with other places as well, where, you know, they get hurt somehow by, by someone else. And, and people use that as a reason to jump ship or abandon ship and try to find another church. And, and there's this, there's this kind of phrase that, um, one of, one of my leaders told me was just like, like wherever you go, like you're going to be there. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's a short and simple line, but it's like, you know, you'll, even if you do find a new place that seems amazing and, and whatnot, like, but you're going to be there. You're going to have all these issues that you haven't dealt with that are going to come out and you're going to say something that hurts someone and creates drama and, and maybe gossip and, and whatnot. And so like, I think when it comes to moments of, 
hey, you're in this community, but you know, you have this beef with someone or you have a bit of conflict that that's making things a bit uncomfortable. You know, the immature thing is to try and run away and, and avoid it. I think it's worth our time to, you know, like sit with it and really think about, think it through and, and, and sort it out and get to the kind of root of the problem and, you know, don't try to cover, cover the symptoms and, and whatnot, but try to get the core of the issue, get that tough conversation in with that person and try to work it out from there. And that's where maturity comes in. That's where growth comes in and, and you become a much better person for it. And, you know, when you restore relationships, it's such a beautiful thing. Um, and, you know, conflict and kind of, you know, forcing yourself to not talk to someone when you're in a group is, is really tiring. And I, I've, I know because I've done that and, and it's not healthy. And when you hold on and bottle those emotions, it, it's just not, it's not great. <laughs> um, there's probably some psychological, you know, terms and things to describe that feeling, but you know, um, I haven't studied psychology that deeply. So, you know, I can only say it's not great. <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, like, I think, I think most people will know that no one's perfect. Um, but subconsciously we want that. Um, uh, we, we think we have that sometimes, or we think other people have that. And so we really need to cross that illusion of perfection. Um, you know, no, you know, no athlete has perfected their their sport no actor has perfected the thing like we'll we'll say they did a perfect performance but like how do you define a perfect performance um and like i was just listening to all these kind of interviews with celebrities and actors and and whatnot and how they talk about you know anxiety and and kind of the stress and, and fears that they feel you know, before performing in a scene or whatnot, like they just describe the same things that we go through as well. Like they talk about just, you know, their inner voices of doubt and, and, you know, their little voice telling them that, you know, they, they suck or like they're, they don't deserve it and they don't deserve this award or, you know, they struggle with imposter syndrome as well. And, and, you know, they, they're just a lot more, I think well-versed in different strategies to, to manage that so that they can, so that they can perform, um, you know, in their particular stage or in the particular field, um, really well. And so, you know, even though they seem like well put together people and, and really confident, like they're, they're struggling with anxiety just the same. Um, and, and yeah, like, I think if we think everyone's perfect and just, I don't know, you just go into a community so deluded and you probably just get in just disappointed and just even more confused and, and lost. And, and so, yeah, like even that in itself would be a bit of a reality check for sure. Um, and so, yeah, so moving on to, to some other things that the book talks about of, um, you know, making that choice to encourage rather than criticize, uh, which is probably self-explanatory. Um, I don't know, like we, we always have this eye to, you know, look at other people and and point out their flaws. Uh, I don't know what it is. You can see it in, you know, like comments on social media, um, in the different videos. 
um, yeah, like you read them and you're just like, wow, people are pointing out different flaws, you know, whether it's about a female's kind of like body image or maybe they're <laughs> having a breakout or something or, um, or they, or maybe it's like a, I don't know, a video and, you know, people, two people kind of look at each other differently and <laughs> like slightly differently, slightly off and, and they'll be like, oh no, like something's wrong and, 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 you know, create rumors and <laughs> things like that. And I don't know, it, we just have this kind of sharp eye for, for other people. But when it comes to ourselves, we're just like, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm good as I am. And yeah, it, it's this really strange one. I guess that's, you know, if you listen to my last podcast, we were talking about, yeah, I think, you know, in the Bible, there's a passage of, you know, taking the log out of your own eye before you try to take a speck out of someone else's eye. I think that's why it's such a big and poignant point um, that would probably, you know, ruffle some feathers, I guess, as well um, during that time, because, you know, Jesus was telling that parable to kind of the Pharisees, so kind of the religious teachers at the time who, you know, did a really good job at kind of upholding the law. And so they felt like they had this upper hand on everyone. So they felt like they could, you know, they've done the hard work in memorizing, you know, the first five books of the Bible. They can quote it and memorize it and just recite it. And, you know, they feel like they they have this kind of self-righteousness and they can look down on the people and point out their flaws. And, and yeah, I just wonder if that's been carried on into us and, um, you know, you know, people make this argument of like, oh, like people back then in the biblical times are so stupid and, and dumb. Like we're, we're evolved. We're, we're so much different. And, you know, when you think about it, you're just like, no, not really. <laughs> like we're, we would say the same things as they would say, um, you know, like, oh, there's this funny argument that people will say of like, oh, like, you know, if Jesus was around like today, like we'd definitely believe him. And, you know, because that, that was a kind of big issue. It was just like, well, no one had cameras back then. No one had video. No one, you know, could kind of, um, properly document Jesus. Like no one's painted him, um, properly. Um, and it's kind of like, well, we have videos, we have phones and, and recording devices and we still call out videos for being fake we call out news for being fake news we <laughs> even if we have the hardest evidence the strongest evidence like in your face evidence of something we find a way to say that it's not true or it doesn't exist or we don't believe in it and so like in the end that human condition is is still constant. It's still the same. And, and so it's kind of a punch in the gut for us. Like we think we're so evolved, like we have the access to, to internet. We have the access to all these, all these sources of information and, and whatnot. And we feel so much more enlightened and, and more educated. Um, but in the end, like we're still blind to what we're blind to. And so it's, just, yeah, it's interesting. And, you know, we want to say we're so high and mighty, but really nothing's really changed, <laughs> which is kind of sad to say. And, and so, yeah, I think like, anyway, besides that point and, 
you know, it will be natural, you know, to come across people who like to judge and point the finger and, and, you know, try to point out people's flaws and, you know, they should do it their way or, you know, or the highway. And, you know, those people are difficult to deal with. Yes. Um, but, you know, for them to know that when they make these harsh judgments, it doesn't say much about the people they're pointing fingers at. It points more at them um, and themselves and exposes their, the pride that they have, that, you know, they have the audacity to point out people's flaws and, you know, not really talk about themselves. Um, it points out their insecurities. They try to just cover it up by just acting like they have this high horse, even though there's no high horse to begin with. Um, and you know, when you make these different claims, like you really set yourself up to be judged even more harshly. Um, it's, um, yeah, it's kind of really fascinating because yeah, like when you, yeah, like when you trash talk someone or, you know, talk negatively, negatively about them, say like behind their back or something. And then, you know, when you're faced with them face to face and you just lose it, you don't have any wits about you to actually say those things to their face. Like it just exposes how, you know, ridiculous you are. Um, and all you, all you've done is just harm, you know, relationships and harm the fellowship that you have in that community. And, and there's like, there's no good that ever comes from that. It's just more pain and exacerbating hurt and, and not helping people, you know, get through life better. And so it doesn't, it doesn't make sense, but all it is, is just exposing someone's pride and insecurity. Um, and you know, there's, and then, yeah, the book goes into kind of three different, um, I don't know, steps or strategies to, to think about when, when it comes to your community. Um, the first one is definitely a good one of refusing gossip. Um, and so like gossip just, this is, it's kind of like part of our culture, but, um, like, you know, when you're taking part in gossip, when you're hearing about something about someone, but you are neither the problem or the solution. Um, that was a really kind of great way that, you know, Rick Warren, the author of the book put it, which is like, if you're hearing about, you know, something about someone and like, you're not even involved, like even the slightest, um, you might be in the same building, but like in terms of their life, um, you know, if you're not part of the problem or part of the solution, like you really need, don't need to be hearing that. Um, but you know, we want to be in the, the know how and, and know what's going on in people's lives and, and the things they've done and whatnot. But if you have no place to be involved, like don't be involved. <laughs> um, and, and that, you know, it might seem like a really small thing, but in, in that moment, um, you, you do save a lot of, um, kind of, you do reduce the consequence of that gossip, um, a bit, you kind of, you know, soften the severity a little bit. Um, and so, yeah, like, like not that I'm trying to preach this to, to, to people or whatnot, but yeah, like when you are caught in those situations where someone's talking about someone, like 
in that kind of negative light or exposing something that they've done. And yeah, like it is um, worth it for the community, for the benefit of the community to, to walk away or not listen or to, or to confront that person that's talking about them to, to stop because it's not an appropriate time or not appropriate place to, um, to talk about it. And so, yeah, like it requires initiative and it requires, requires, you know, your will to stand up to someone, um, especially if it's a close friend and, and whatnot. Um, so that's the first one, a really big one, cause it's such a ingrained thing, um, in, in many communities, not just church and, and whatnot. Um, and then the second one is about, you know, learning how to resolve conflict, which, which we talked about in the previous podcast. And I think the third one is really important as well. So supporting your leaders, um, in that community. So, you know, the, if you're part of a, the only thing I can think of is like a gym and church. <laughs> so like for a gym, you know, you, um, you know, the, the job of the owner or the coaches or, you know, if you're in a business, you know, your CEOs, your CFOs, your CTOs, um, like they have a really tough job. Um, or, you know, they might be earning really <laughs> a lot of money and whatnot, but, um, for, for the role that they had to take in terms of managing people and, and figuring everything out in terms of, you know, the financial side of things and, and marketing and, and all the stuff that, you know, business owners need to, to deal with, um, like they have a role to keep their community alive and, and united and you know, unified and, and, uh, a healthy place and a, you know, a welcoming and open place for, for more, more people to join. Cause that's how, you know, their business is going to grow. And, and it's a tough job, um, to, to do that, um, to be there to mediate conflict or to, um, yeah, to make sure, you know, they employ different strategies so that, you know, people will get along and, um, yeah, like it, it's tough and, you know, it might seem like, oh, you know, they they've got it all together. Like they've, they, they got it. Um, I think it's in those moments where they need support. Um, so yeah, like think of different ways that you can support your leaders or your, your coaches, your bosses or whatnot to, to carry this out. And so, you know, whether it's, yeah, not getting involved in different gossip or not making matters worse when there's a particular kind of drama happening or a scenario happening. Um, you know, you find ways to, you know, share the load a little bit in terms of those nitty gritty stuff. Um, you know, help empty the bins and, and whatnot, or just do little things to, to help them. So they don't have to kind of be so overburdened with so many different things. Um, even though, you know, it is their business and it's their kind of figurative baby, but like, you know, it takes a village to raise a baby. And so, you know, being creative in ways to, to help them, you know, help them give them encouraging messages or buy them gifts and, you know, do those little bits of kindness, um, do a bit of cleaning around the place, um, you know, voluntarily. And, you know, it, it goes a long way. And when you have people in those communities willing to do those little things for the benefit of the community, like that's, that's where like that, you know, group is going to grow and, and really blossom into something really special. Um, and, and yeah, like, it's, it's such a fundamental thing 
for humans um, to have a community and we need them to grow and last a long time, um, you know, at least, you know, for our lifetime, um, you know, however long we, um, we are kind of willed to, to live for. And, and yeah, I think that's, that's been really interesting to, to reflect on and, and, and think about, you know, in the different communities that I'm involved in and, and definitely, you know, for the ones that you are as well. And yeah, like these are really nice points to, to really think about and kind of chew over, um, to that. Yeah. Like, and think about ways that you can improve your community and, and the groups that you're involved in, um, in the, in those ways. And, and yeah, like this has been a really, um, exciting thing to kind of think about and, um, hope it has been for you as well. Um, but yeah, if you've listened to, yeah, this reflection to this point, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate that a lot. And, um, yeah, we'll see you in the next episode. Love and peace to you all. Um, bye for now.